tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Ajar and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Look, this is the biggest failure of leadership on the part of a coach, probably in the history of the NFL, at least in my time anyway. Someone who was handed, gifted, didn't earn, he was handed and gifted an opportunity where he had free reign over, over an organization. Shad Khan gave Urban Meyer everything he possibly could want to go ahead and restructure and rebuild his organization as he saw fit, and he trusted him. He trusted him to do that. Although, again, let me reemphasize this. As it relates to the NFL, he had not earned squat. He didn't earn this opportunity. There were many, many other coaches, minority and otherwise. Just for those people out there who believe that now I'm just going to be advocating on behalf of minorities. I'm talking about all coaches who were qualified. He was handed an opportunity over them by Shad because Shad felt as though he needed to go in a different direction. ESPN, right? That is Lewis Riddick? Or is he NFL now? Is he ESPN? ESPN. ESPN's Lewis Riddick. Where, oh, where is the Brady Quinn footage? Where, Where is the Brady Quinn audio? I want that. We, we have Brett Marno back, by the way. Yes, you do. Okay. Um, uh, we got Daryl Bevel talking on CBS 47, Fox 30, so I might get a little delayed in my TV hit. Okay. Uh, but I will say this and just give you an update, and I know you're going to get to a thought uh, as we welcome everybody back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 69. There's a lot going on in Jacksonville. Uh, but Daryl Bevel says spirits are high, and I think uh, folks out at practice today told me a lot of energy out there. Listen, the bottom line is there's a sense of relief, Austin. The players have a sense of relief. I yeah. mean, that's crazy to me. I mean, that's, it's, it just didn't work. It flat out just didn't work in Jacksonville with Urban Meyer. It was the wrong move, and the players are happy it's over. Yeah, and I'm not surprised. Not surprised whatsoever. You know, I mean, I didn't see one player come to the defense of Urban Meyer. It is what it is. They're excited. They're ready to move on. They get Houston coming up. Do you, uh, Brett Martin, Austin Lane, uh, Casey Kurtz, uh, again, I'm going to have to step out for some TV, but we'll continue the conversation. And, and by the way, phone calls welcome, 904 9901 um, all day, every day, uh, but especially on a day like today. So feel free to jump in on the conversation. We've got so many topics to get to, including who will be next. And I also want to talk a little bit about Shad Khan coming up um, in, in the program until uh, 6 o'clock tonight on ESPN 690. Where were, were You said you were sleeping, right? So you woke up this morning. And I don't know what time you get up for WAPE when you do your show. 5.30. Yeah, okay. So yeah. you woke up and your phone was like, crazy right yeah woke up phone was crazy friends texting me what the heck because it was like you know at midnight or whatever so friends are texting me like what the heck and i'm like well, well you know i'm still kind of groggy uh and then obviously i go on twitter first thing and i see urban meyer's been let go and then it was the whirlwind after that you know i mean i i literally get to the the office um and you know i got rich jones pulling me in direction saying hey dude you, you gotta come on and, and talk uh you know on, on the news channel which at the time because i'm such a nice guy i absolutely did and it, it was a great honor to be hosted on a, a news and talk show my first one ever but then the more i was doing it the more i realized well well this is cutting into the other show because this is kind of my competition 
So, mm. you know what I'm saying, Casey? Yeah, I do. And let's be honest. I have a brand to protect, right? Yes, you do. And, and you, know, you know what that brand is? The Cheetah? Getting bucks, yeah. Okay. Getting yep. spots, getting money, getting, you know, Brinks trucks. And I felt like I maybe let the brand down a little bit by going to Rich Jones. Now, obviously, Rich Jones does a great job. Uh, WOKV 107.77. Uh, WOKV. <laughs> uh, do, do what? What? 104.9. Uh, WOKV. Um, yeah, so it was, it was cool going on that show and everything. Uh, by, by the way, that, that, that was brought to you by... Megan Austin in the morning on 95.1 WAPE, nice. uh, going on from 6 till 10. But, no, it, w- it was an honor to go on Rich's show. You know I mean? He's obviously a staple in the community, and he does a great job on 97.9 WKVO. So. You know how I felt? You know how you felt when Brent was on the Kismet and you weren't? No, do you know, yeah, I do, because you know what? He brought it up again on the news talk show. Not, not even our show. Brent goes, yeah, you know what? I was on the Kismet talking to some guys. Austin wasn't there. Another job on another station. <laughs> That's how I kind of felt when I when I woke up, checked Twitter, and saw that uh, you guys were on ESPN 690 without me. That's how I kind of felt. Wait, I wasn't on ESPN 690 without well, you. Well, there was, there was a simulcast, all right? Oh, was it really a simulcast? Yeah. yeah oh, so, I didn't want well, to call you told, in for that. Casey, nobody told me that. So I was like, you know, this is this is all right. You know, I, I know where I stand, but, you know, I was like, you know, I'm a little hurt. Casey, I'm not sure what the end game is. I, I promise you, man, I had no idea that we were simulcasting on ESPN 690. If I would have, first thing is going to call you, bud. Hey. I, I don't care if it's 5 o'clock in the morning. I'm calling you first, letting you know. I had no idea. Real talk, though. Whoever's idea was pretty good. Pretty solid option. I'm not sure what the, what the end game is with everybody here in this building. I'm not sure if they're trying to shut the morning show down. You know, that's Megan and Austin, 95.1 WAP, 6 to 10 in the morning, every single morning, Monday through Friday. I'm not sure if they're trying to shut that down. I'm not sure if Rich Jones is getting a little jealous because maybe, you know, getting a little bump now because Urban Meyer getting the morning show on our show. I'm not sure what the case was. But all I know is, hey, I don't want to go to war with Ruth Jones. He's a great guy, does a lot of stuff for the community. So if you're into news and talk, definitely check him out. If you're into Ariana Grande and Olivia Rodrigo, then go and check us out. And once again, that's Rich Jones at 95.7 WOKV. Yeah, or you could tease this station, too. Keyshawn, Jay Williams, Max Kellerman, uh, 6 a.m. until 10 a.m. on ESPN. Yeah, they're they're doing fine without us. They're, they're good. Fine. They were talking to Urban Meyer, too. But uh, Rich Jones is awesome, by the way. Like, he, he, he brings us in. He, he pays attention. He listens to us. You know, some people, like in the news world, I mean, say this quietly, they really don't pay attention to the sports. Well, Rich Jones does. Like, he's sure. fantastic. What a pro. I mean, I, I was telling somebody after. I was telling, what was I telling? Phil Amato. I'm like, watching, like, Rich Jones, like, navigate through questions, answers, talking to people off air, and then boom, the light comes on after a traffic report, and 10 seconds later, I mean, it's pretty good. Yeah. You can tell the guy's been doing it. No, you can tell why 104.5 WOKV does so well. Rich Jones, the leader of that show. Uh-oh. Okay. Uh-oh. Uh, I mean, well, well, oh, he's doing good, I would say. Yeah, oh, he's, he's doing, doing well. I'm sure he's doing yeah. well. Hey, you know, I'm doing pretty oh, good, too. Doing well. Doing pretty, yeah. Uh, did, yeah. Did, did, yeah. did you come to the sand? Did you come to the... Hey, did you... Say it. What? Say it. He's a... Bigger cheetah with a lot oh, more spots. Oh no, man! Don't get it twisted. <laughs> Cheetah's gone over here. Polar bear now. Straight polar bear. I ain't a cheetah anymore. I'm, I'm a polar, polar bear, bear now. Spots. Oh, hey, hey, have you seen a polar bear with spots? Go and get back to me if you have. I'm a polar bear right now, man. I'm, I'm hibernating. I'm chilling. Yeah, that was a lot of fun actually to do the show um, and and do a little special coverage. Nice, nice. Um, Very nice. And, uh, hey, are you getting like a lot of like? Uh, CBS 47 in your ear? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Where's that coming from? Not in here. We're not, not in do- here. We're definitely not doing that. Yeah, Brent, you know, because we're like, professionals. 
I think it's here at Strings. So probably right? is. So we're All covering right. live uh-huh. on CBS yeah. 47 and Fox 30, which means I probably have to go on TV in a couple moments. Okay. Um, but, uh, hey, why don't you get a call? Kay is on the line. He's been a big Urban Meyer supporter, I think. So why don't you do battle with Kay, and I might do a little TV. Sounds like a plan. Kay, talk to me, man. How are we doing today? <laughs> What's up, Austin? What's up, man? man I'm just hey, trying to make look. some money, Kay, and people are trying to take that away from me, but it's all good. That's not the debate. Nah, Go ahead, nah, man. No, nah, you look good in the octagon. I've, I've seen some, some videos on the internet. Oh, I got you. you. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got it going. Like, I, I think I think they sleep on these NFL athletes that come over to the octagon not realizing you guys put in so much work oh i mean from what i've heard you get paid like the pay is really training camp and practice and the games are just fun so exactly (laughs) (laughs) for sure they don't get it dude you know they they don't get it but but yeah so look i i honestly believe that they need to hire an african-american coach now listen i know what some people on the other radio station are saying is that I don't care if the coach is purple or green. It doesn't matter. Just hire the best guy. First of all, that's racially insensitive to African-Americans because black people don't like when you bring up green or purple people because they don't exist if they're not on Sesame Street, right? So, oh, listen, under Shah Khan, we, he's never had an African-American head coach, an African-American GM, OC, or DC. Right, period, at all. Under Wayne Weaver, we we did. We had three black quarterbacks. We had a GM. We had a VP. We had uh, Mel Tucker as DC and interim head coach. But under Shaq Khan, that's never, ever happened. So this is what I was thinking. Maybe it's in God's plan for all of you religious people. Maybe it's in God's plan for the very first Super Bowl that the Jaguars win. It's under a black head coach. You never know. It could be in his plan, and maybe that's why we've been getting all of this bad luck. I'm just saying, Shaq Khan, just try something different, man. We've never, ever, uh, under your leadership, had any form of a black guy at any leadership role from, in terms of front office or head coach or coordinator. So could we just please do something different? Listen, Austin, I don't know if it's left witch. I don't know if it's the enemy. I don't know. But let's try a black dude just one little tiny time. Just one time, Shaw. That's all I'm asking. All right. Thank you, Kev. Listen, as as someone who is biracial and wants to see, you know, more representation in the NFL, yeah, sure. I, I mean, I, I hope, you know, Shad Khan at least takes a look at guys like Biennemi, takes a look at guys like Byron Leftwich. But I'm not going to sit here up here and say, you know, that has to be the primary focus of getting a minority head coach. I think it's great if it turns out like that. But keep in mind what we're talking about here. We're, we're talking about an organization, the Jacksonville Jaguars, that was spearheaded by Shad Khan and players in that locker room, black, white, or whatever you want to call them, that were one of the very first teams, if not, I think the very first professional sports team that marched for Black Lives Matter. That made me more prouder to be a Jacksonville Jaguar than anything in, in this team's history, including going to an AFC championship game. That's what I was proud of. So if, and I'm speaking from experience here, if you walk in that building, TIA Bankfield, and you walk through those offices, you're, you're going to see a whole plethora of different types of races, I'm sure religions, and everything in between. 
I understand that in terms of a football team, yeah, you 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 want to have uh you know you 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 want to have a mixture. You you just don't want to have the cookie cutter coaches that we're we've been accustomed to. It seems like um, in the '80s and the '90s. And I do think that the NFL is kind of taking a paradigm shift there, whether it's right or wrong in terms of the protocols that they got to follow to, you know, essentially interview black candidates or minority candidates. You know, I mean, there's there's debate about that. But at the end of the day, I'll be honest, okay? I just want the best possible candidate, okay? If that's the enemy, then so be it. If that's Byron Leftwich, then so be it. If it's Josh McDaniels, I'm not going to sit here and throw a pity party because Josh McDaniels is a white head coach. Far from it. I think Josh McDaniels would be great here in Jacksonville. I think he's got the head coaching experience, number one. I think number two, he comes from, you know, obviously the greatest coaching tree of all time and Bill Belichick. I think that could be an interesting guy. But my point is I get where you're coming from. Once again, as I always say to UK, I love the passion, but my main focus here is not going to be, well, let's hire a black coach, hire a black coach. The main focus here, it may be cliche, and maybe echoing other people from other radio stations. My main point is to try to hire the best coach possible. Okay, so we got another guy on the line? We got Adrian. Adrian. Yo, Adrian, what's up, man? How we doing? <laughs> Yo, hey, how's it going? Going good, man. Hey, uh, on the Urban Meyer case, the, the previous caller kind of stole some of my thunder. Uh, I'm an Ohio State fan from way back, you know, going back to Woody Hayes days. I live down here now, but, you know, my question is, is like, how did, not why did Urban Meyer get fired, but how did he get the job? Through the vetting process, anybody that ever followed anything about Ohio State football and watched any press conferences when he got in trouble with the uh, uh, domestic abuse scandal with that assistant coach, and they observed those uh, uh, press conferences, either A, he was lying Mm-hmm. about his mental illness, or B, he was mentally ill. He was a total zombie. And when they took him back after his three-game suspension, they let it all roll because they knew they had Ryan Day sitting there, and it, the deal was already made. They ran his ass out of Ohio State and let him let him sit there and get his money and everything and try to make it as smooth as possible for the institution. And And this guy... Two years later, winds up getting a job with as a head coach. I mean, the betting process, anybody that ever saw any bit of those press conferences will go, how how in the hell can you hire this guy? I, I don't black, white, or purple, or green. I, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't understand it. Adrian, thanks especially for... Without oh. any, especially without any NFL experience. So that's all I have to say. No, for sure. Adrian, thanks for calling. All right, so let's go ahead and break that down. All right, now, you, you bring up a good point in terms of the NFL experience, right? He had none. But he did have college football experience. And he had experience in terms of winning and turning programs around. And that's what owners, that's what GMs want to see, okay? I can sit here and point at Cliff Kingsbury and say, well, as far as comfortable experience is concerned, wasn't much there. You know, and as far as NFL experience is concerned, as far as a coach, eh, I don't think there's that much there. But Cliff Kingsbury right now seems to be at the forefront of this new school of coaching. So in terms of that, well, the resume was all about the wins and losses, right? Because that's what football is about. It's about wins and losses. And Urban Meyer in the college realm had a lot more wins than he did losses. Now, let's play off that a little bit. Let's, look, let's dive deeper into it. We're talking about the National Football League. We're talking about a league 
that is going to reward players if they have bad optics, if they mess up and get arrested, as long as they have the means to justify it, as long as they have the talent to override them getting in trouble. Okay, I don't need to go down the laundry list of examples because it's only going to get me frustrated. But you know what I'm talking about. You can, you can be seen on, on film kicking a woman. You might get let go of that team, and a couple years later, you're back on a new team. Why? Because you're that talented. That's how the NFL works. They're looking to Teams are looking to, to look past things. Set aside, can you answer the most important question? Can you help us win? Now, as far as the, the, the polarizing optics that followed Urban Meyer from Florida – to Ohio State, yes, they were there, right? And we had experts come on this show and try to warn us against it. And long story short, they were right. But I sat in the boat, and I don't want to speak for Brent. Brent can speak for himself, but I think a lot of people sat in the boat and said, you know what? We're going to look past these bad optics. We're, we're, we're going to look past the hearsay because can Urban Meyer come to Jacksonville and help you win? Not saying that's the right way to think about things. Not saying that's the wrong way to think about things. I'm just saying that's the way it is. That's the way the NFL works. And I was excited for Urban Meyer because I thought he was going to come in here and change things and win ball games because that's what this team needs. I was wrong at that. I was obviously dead wrong when it came to that. But that's what the NFL is, man, right? Um, it's not the... It's not the choir boys. You know, I mean, we want to make fun of the, the, the draft class from a year ago, call them all choir boys, and that's fine. But when it comes to coaches, when it comes to star players, when it comes to the polarizing figures, if you got a winning record, if you can supposedly help a team win, people can overlook a lot of stuff. And that's what we did here with Urban Meyer. You want to talk to South Beach, Gary? Uh, who are the Dolphins playing this week? Do I have to hear them talk about how they're going to win another ball game? You can tell them about your Will Fuller card. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, Wolf Fuller's still on the bench. All right, hey, South Beach Gary, let's get him on. Well, you know the Dolphins are going to win. That goes without saying. <laughs> you, know, you know, Dawson, all these guys after the fact, when you know for a fact that they came on and told you and Brent, even before the Cristal that it was a bad hire, all these other people after the fact, you know, I never heard that last caller on the air before. But all of a sudden he, he knew that Urban, when you know Austin, I called it from the very beginning. Well, okay, to be fair, South Beach Gary, a lot of people called it from the beginning. Okay, a, a lot of people were leery to hire Urban Meyer because but they, they thought... Didn't come on the, but they didn't come on the air and put themselves on the line like I did. Oh, no, I mean, by, by all means, man, put, put yourself on the line. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll give you credit. You Day one, you said, you know, Urban Meyer uh, wasn't going to be a good hire. I'll, I'll give you props to that. And you also told me that Will Fuller... <laughs> Was going to be a good hire. Was uh-huh. going to be a good signing. Uh-huh. Uh, Casey, quick, go to the, the Wolf Fuller stat box quick. Do they exist? Is it there? Uh, 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 all right, that, that's enough. But I also told you guys <laughs> when uh, the Raiders were 3 and 1, they would say like they always do. And, once, and that's come to fruition. I ought to have my own show, also. I'm so good. I mean, you know, you can definitely have your own show. I, I recommend going on Twitter. And what do you call that thing now? Spaces. <laughs> spaces, man. Go and get a Spaces. Maybe you and Brent Marno can double team that thing. Call it Spaces. Let's go. Four for 26. But, but, but all these guys after the fact, come on the line and put it on the line when it happens. I, anyone can say after the fact when you know very well. South Beach Gary called it from the beginning. All have right. a great one, Austin. Yeah, South Beach Gary, you too, man. And now, uh, by the way, Casey, let's go and let's get that Wolf Fuller stat line up here for everybody. But by the way, I think South Beach Gary said, he had an injury history, but it's going to be a great signing because he's got speed. Looks like four for 26. Now, is that in totality of the season? Yeah, regular season, yeah. So four of... catches in 14 games? 
Because, I mean, hey, if you're going to put it on the line about Urban Meyer, you better be willing to put it on the line about Will Fuller as well. Casey, in 14 games or 13 games? Yeah, that's, that's how many have been played. Man, you hate to see it. You know, you, you hate to see four catches in 14 games from Will Fuller. But you know what? And Casey, you were here. His, his card sits on top of my laptop screen now. Or not laptop, but my, my PC screen. It just fell down. Let me go and put that back up because we got to display it. What did I try to tell everybody? People wanted Will Fuller here. Said he's got he's got wheels. He's a burner. Urban Meyer's going to love him. Hey, Casey, wh- wh- what did I say about that? Nah, nah. Too injury prone, right? Yeah. little too injury prone. Hey, South Beach Gary, I appreciate it, man. You called Urban Meyer. Will Fuller, though? Might might want to stick to MySpace and have your own program because don't bring that Will Fuller nonsense to spaces. Nobody wants to hear that, man. More on ESPN 690 when we get back. Obviously, there was a lot of reporting done on Urban Meyer over the weekend. And at right. that point in time, I had been told specifically uh, that Shad Khan was planning to stick with Urban Meyer. When he arrived at the owners' meetings this week after you saw Urban Meyer walk off the field uh, in what turned out to be his last game as the Jaguars head coach, when he had a look like he did not enjoy this job anymore. Everybody saw the video of him with Mike Vrabel. It was almost this indifferent look of somebody who was unhappy doing a job. And many coaches, they kill for the opportunity to be a head coach. Right. That did not look like something that Urban Meyer enjoyed doing. That is Adam Schefter from ESPN as uh, plenty of national reaction to this story. And that is the one thing about Urban Meyer. We talked about this this morning uh, with Rich Jones and Austin Lane on WOKV and, and ESPN 690 uh, when we had a special show from 9 a.m. until 10 a.m. Is that Urban Meyer is a lightning rod, you know? I mean, he is a polarizing guy, and he's a big name. Yeah. And so it's not like all this happened with... I mean, let's just say it happened like with Nick Suriani in Jacksonville, all right? If it happened in Philadelphia, it's always going to be big anyway. But it's just different, you know? Or let's just use Daryl Bevel, right? Daryl Bevel, he was the head coach and all this happened. Well, totally different. It'd be a big story, but totally different because it's Urban Meyer. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and you feel that, and, and everybody is talking about it. And what we've heard as we welcome everybody back, and we're ducking in and out of TV here, and, and uh, Trevor Lawrence just spoke live on, on Fox 30 along with Daryl Bevel. Uh, and so I'll tell you what those guys said in just a couple moments. Brett Martindale String Sports Brewery here in Springfield. Uh, Austin Lane, Casey Kurtz, Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Uh, a lot going on here on a Thursday as Urban Meyer is fired. And, uh, you know, I actually heard, guys, that of all the things, like they, I think a lot of times uh, everybody's like, well, the Tom Pellicero report, that really brought light to everything. Well, it was, it was part of it. But it wasn't, again, we met with Shad Khan on Monday night. The, the reports weren't firing Urban Meyer. The, I don't even think the single report and and article in the Tampa Bay Times of Josh Lambeau would have fired Urban Meyer. We actually heard that what maybe bothered Shad more than anything, and again, you hear different things, was the actual treatment of like James Robinson over those couple of weeks and few weeks. And so that was the thing that got kind of, now that didn't fire him, but it really started to get their attention, that whole topic and story. And so it's interesting as you interpret things, and that was more of an on-the-field thing. You know, it carried off the field as well because it became a big issue. But that was an on-the-field type of thing, and, and I think where Shad might have even started questioning 
some of the aloofness of Urban Meyer, some of the judgment of Urban Meyer, and what are you doing? Like, this is illogical. Why aren't you playing your best player when you're not scoring any points, right? And so it's very interesting to get in the mind of Shad Khan. And he said he wasn't going to be impulsive. He wasn't going to act hasty. Uh, and, and then all of this added up to what transpired late last night and the firing of Urban Meyer. No, absolutely. I mean, anytime your best player on your football team is not playing, it better raise some questions, it better get some attention, and it better, you know, cause some controversy. So, I mean, if that's the straw that broke the camel's back, then so be it. But, I mean, it was a laundry list of things. But I think in, in terms of, you know, where they fall in, in the grand scheme of things, yeah, that was probably the most important because you weren't winning games because of it. Yeah, good point. Uh, and, and real quick, too, Brent, coming back from the break, I wanted to address this real fast with, oh, some okay. of our, with some of our callers. Casey, I know you've been looking for a nickname. I got a nickname for you now, man, because I'm, I'm making a precedent right now on ESPN 690. If you call in and you make a prediction of what's going to happen, whether it was Urban Meyer's not going to pan out, Casey, you're, you're, you're the auditor now. You're taking receipts, okay? You're going to write these people's names down, and you're going to be like, okay, he said this and this and this. Because don't call into our show and say you called about Urban Meyer saying, well, he wasn't going to make it. But then don't admit that you were wrong about Will Fuller when you said, well, Will Fuller is going to be great for the Miami Dolphins this year. Because he's not. Because he has four catches in 14 games. So not a good showing from Will Fuller. I understand. You, you want to celebrate the victories, but you got to learn from your defeats. And people right now, Casey, calling our show, they're not learning from their defeats. Okay? So you got to start taking these receipts down. Otters in the house. <laughs> okay. Uh, very and good. I'm there sure you, you can figure out who then called Brent just by that. But go, yeah. go and take a wild guess. Yeah, I get it. I get it. I don't, I don't even have to say his name. Um, I understand exactly who you're talking about. <laughs> hey, Trevor Lawrence, I tweeted out while you guys were uh, talking. And uh, let's see. Let me I mean, we were all talking, but yeah, said. you know. Uh, well, I was discussion. just listening to Trevor. I decided not to jump back in since you guys had so much fun. Must, must oh. be nice, huh? Just, uh, yeah. just to take a little Twitter break from the show. <laughs> must be nice. Hey, Cliff Kingsbury. I was on hold uh, whether I was going to go on TV. Trevor interrupted my TV. Oh, that's, a, that's when you made it. Hey, but you know what, though? And that's the difference. That's the difference between a, a Brent Martin and a Paul Feinbaum. Paul Feinbaum's made it. Upper echelon, he ain't taking Twitter breaks. Not he, a one. He's, he's invested in the show. <laughs> meanwhile, meanwhile, I'm going to war for the show with guys like South Beach Gary. But it's all good, though, man. Take your Twitter break. You're good. Trevor Lawrence, I respect Coach Meyer. I appreciate him. He drafted me. I wish him the best. Pretty formal response, okay? Not an emotional response. Not a lot of emotion coming from Trevor. He seemed in a light mood, a good mood. I, would, I don't want to stretch it and say a relief kind of mood. And because I think that would insinuate he was relieved that Urban Meyer got fired. He might be. But I think he was relieved the drama is over for now. And exactly how we thought they might feel uh, that the drama is over. And now they can just play football for the last four weeks. Uh, and you could certainly sense that listening to Trevor. Uh, he actually said, <laughs> again, he actually says it wasn't relief, but it brings some clarity. We want to finish season strong. It's hard to be focused uh, to win the game with everything going on the last couple of weeks. He said, when you get to the home stretch, you need the momentum going into the offseason for the morale. If we can finish strong, that would be great, something to build on. We are looking at these games as playoff games. And later on in the week, we'll talk about the value of these games. I think they are very valuable because you have three rookie quarterbacks you're facing over the next three weeks and a couple of opponents that are in the AFC South. Trevor also said, 
Last thing I wanted was for everyone to go crazy. We've done a good job keeping things internal. I've been proud of the team. We have to keep going and keep being positive. And that's an interesting note there, Austin, because I know you don't love when I um, brag about the news conferences. I'm not going to do that right now. But I will say I have heard over the last 10 days especially that Trevor has really kind of taken a step up in leadership. Not to say he wasn't leading before, but he said he, he took more ownership of this team, almost to the point, and this is what I read into it, like, all right, if the head coach isn't going to take the leadership, then i got to go do this because I'm going to keep this thing together. Like, that's the way I read into it. And this is a guy that's led before. He's very mature. We've learned about that. We've said that. It's a freshman at Clemson. He won a national title. Uh, he knows what that's like. And in my opinion... We'll see. Again, I think he has to match the play. We've talked about this a couple times in the last week. But internally, the way those guys look at him in the locker room, I think could have taken a, it might have taken a big step in the last 10 days or so on the way he's handled things and maybe um, led things inside that building. Let me ask you this. You know, with Urban Meyer being an offensive-minded guy, and obviously – with Urban Meyer, it didn't go well. Um, you know, he, he didn't have a lot of followers. There was no leadership there. So that offense had nobody to turn to. Are you most more surprised that Trevor Lawrence became the leader and became the field general, or would you be more surprised if he didn't? Because I'd be more surprised if the conversation is, well, Trevor hasn't really said anything. Trevor hasn't really stepped up. I mean, dude, you're the first overall pick. You're Trevor Lawrence. But of course. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's fair, Austin. I don't know. Uh, do you do you get the view that Zach Wilson is doing that inside the New York Jets locker room? I don't think Zach Wilson has to right now. Why not? Because you got Robert Sala. Because you have veterans on that team. Because you have a culture that's starting to be put into place. All right. So, uh, so you're just saying in, because of the drama, right? Right. You're not saying like naturally, even a rookie, if things were going well, two and eleven, but we weren't making headlines around here. You're, you're not saying by this time you would hope that he was taking this leadership role or, or something like that. I you're think you're saying because of the circumstances. Of course, I think if this team won five or six games, I think we'd be praising Marvin Jones. I think we'd be praising, you know, James Robinson. I also think we'd be praying Trevor, praising Trevor Lawrence as well. But I don't think we'd be talking about how Trevor Lawrence has really stepped up and like he's like the, the leader of this offense now. I don't think that would be the conversation. I think the conversation came up into place because literally it was born out of drama and fire, and he had to do it because there's no other option. Yeah, and, and by the way, I'm not sure we know the full answer to when all this happened till later down the road, and, and he starts playing better. Because as you said, and I agree, and I think we all agree, he's got to play better. And I just think this would be an opportune time to do so, especially given the fact you're playing Davis Mills, uh, Zach Wilson, Mac Jones coming up the next three weeks. It would be really a big time for Trevor and what he said and how he's led and now how he could play over these next uh, few weeks. By the way, Darrell Bevel said uh, James Robinson is our starting running back, and he will play as such. Good. Read into that what you will. Was this an Urban Meyer decision? Uh, there's a lot of talk that it was, and some of the reports indicated that it was on the uh, James Robinson front. I can tell you this. I've been around James every Monday night, and I'm not trying to put words in his mouth. This is just my reaction. He never said this to me. But I just always got the impression that he wasn't a huge fan of Urban Meyer. And that was way back. That was even before um, everything else. And by the way, I think James Robinson has a right not to be a big fan of Urban Meyer. From the draft to the depth chart to the way they handled them, the way they ran them, the way they didn't run them, um, and, and what they said about them. 
at, at times. So uh, I would not be surprised if he didn't. And I'm not saying he hates him, but I just never got the feel that he was a big fan. And so maybe there's some relief even in a guy like James Robinson today and other players that might have been treated or felt the same way about Urban Meyer. And we don't know those circumstances, of course. Rich Jones asked a great question this morning when we had their special show. And I really had to think about it. And I, I want to bring it back up. When did the locker room fracture? When did it break away from Urban? When did he lose the locker room? And in my opinion, Austin, I think it was around the James Robinson situation. Oh, it could have okay. been before that, yeah. right? Uh, and I think, were you in there for this question? No, no, I was not. I um, I ended up coming in later. Uh, I was also not there. In case he wasn't there either. But, yeah, sponsorship <laughs> of Megan and Austin in the morning at 610 to 5.1 WAP. No, I, I ended up showing up later, actually. Okay, so, so I was not it, in there. Well, I believe, it, I believe that we as a public, uh, an outside looking in, I think we realized it and we're like, uh-oh, around the James Robinson situation because, one, it was so, again, illogical and dumb and unforced. And then on top of that, you had players coming to his defense. And what James ended up saying on our Jags Report live show on Monday nights a few weeks back forced a meeting between him and the coach and then forced a vocal Trevor Lawrence to say and support his teammate. And I'm sure others did as well. So I think from that point is where I gather all right, that's where they were like, what are we doing, right? And somewhere in that stretch, not right when they talked, but somewhere in that 16-play benching and 20-play benching of what are we doing here? We're not scoring points and our best player's not playing. I feel like that's the time where they were like, that he might have lost the locker room right then. Now, you can make the case he lost the locker room back when he didn't take the plane home from Cincinnati, but how do you feel? Where do you think he might have lost it? Yeah, I think he lost the locker room when he didn't take the plane back home from Cincinnati. That's that's where I think it, it, it all, you know, went to hell, if you will. Because, I mean, before that, I mean, you, you can maybe say the Doyle situation, but I don't, I don't think he lost the locker room. Now, I think he put himself in a bad light with that hire, and then a couple of days later, Doyle's gone. But if you look at, like, after that Cincinnati game, what it looked like. Now, I mean, granted, you beat Miami, and that, there's, there's a feather in your cap. But, like, the regression, especially of the offense, happened after that Cincinnati game. Yeah, it did. I mean, you can say what you want about Miami, but it wasn't like the offense really – I mean, I don't know, whatever. But I think you lost that offense at the Cincinnati game. Urban Meyer, offensive-minded coach. So, to me, when you made the decision to stay in Cincinnati while your team just got beat on primetime television and the video surfaces of you doing whatever you're doing in a bar with a, uh, another girl or whatever – and that gets back to them, and then they have to ask, answer questions about that. That is when you lost the locker room. Uh, Casey, you have a thought there? Yeah, um, I, I would I would side with Austin on that one. It just, something about it, well, a lot about it wasn't right, and then when the video comes out, yeah, I would say that's probably when you lost it. But it, it sure as heck didn't help when uh, you benched James Robinson and we all knew it and you wouldn't say it. I'm sure that didn't sit well either, but that was probably, like Austin said earlier, the uh, – the straw on the camel's back or however that uh, goes. I tweeted yeah. it. Yeah. I don't remember so exactly. But no, yeah. no, no, you're fine. So sometimes I talk like I'm 65 years old. It's cool. <laughs> Which I kind of like. I don't know why. I, I will say this, by the way, and hidden in there, it could have been, you never know, right? We don't know. We don't know what it was. But Marvin Jones, we still don't know exactly like what day that all happened, I don't think, unless I missed that in the reports. But that might have been it. Marvin Jones is a respected guy. 
and your head coach is getting in a verbal altercation with him, and that guy wants to leave the building. It's like, what the hell are we doing here, right, essentially? Um, that could have been it. So I don't know when the moment is. I, I just think from a public view, I thought that James Robinson front, but it easily could have been what you said too, Austin. Uh, let me ask you this. We're going we're gonna to start flipping it forward to where do we go from here, right? Any chance Daryl Bevel gets the head coaching job of the Jacksonville Jaguars based on results of the last four weeks, how he handles everything, you know, blah, blah, blah. I mean, Doug Marone turned his two-game opportunity into the head coaching job, you might remember. Who's calling the plays this season? Daryl Bevel. No. Then, no. What no. if they're, like, I'm not saying this is going to happen, but is there any chance they come out and they're just, it's so much different, and maybe we think differently about Daryl Bevel? <sighs> I mean, but then you have to answer the question of how much influence that Urban Meyer truly have on this offense, and maybe he had a lot more than we gave him credit for. But, like, if I'm Daryl Bevel and my name is tied to this offense and, like, Urban Meyer is trying to, you know, micromanage, which I guess Urban Meyer didn't really do, but if that was truly the case, then, then you guys stand up for your offense and say, no, man, I got it. I'm just judging by what I've seen from this offense the past however many ever games where you're, you know, dropping six points or zero points. It's not good. Now, maybe there's distractions going on and all this stuff, but, no, it, it, it's not good. The quarterback de- development has not been good. Um, you know, the red zone offense has not been good. The penalties have not been good. That's on offensive coordinators. I, I can't say, well, I've seen enough from this offense to say, well, I think Daryl Bevel gets a shot at the head coaching gig. I would, I would, to be fair, I'd much rather see Joe Cullen become a head coach here. I don't think that's not going to happen either, but I think the defense has had a lot more success right now than the offense has had. Yeah, that's fair enough. Uh, Austin, I agree with you, by the way. I, I don't, I, I've heard great things about Darrell Bevel. I've heard he's a great guy. I've, I've defended him early in the year. I haven't defended him as much as of late. Uh, but, and maybe his hands were tied. But I agree with you. I, I think these offensive coaches, we can blame everything on Meyer, but the offensive coaches have not done a good job. Was that all Urban Meyer? I'm not sure I'm willing to go there. Just as much as I'm not willing to go there that it wasn't some of the players' fault at times, right? I mean, we can't just put everything on Urban. Uh, he set the table for bad uh, he set the table for, obviously, this culture that wasn't good, uh, dysfunction, and, and a hard place to work at, it seems like. But I just don't think we can blame everything for that. Uh, and, uh, I mean, it's football at the end of the day on Sunday. And uh, they didn't get it done. So I, I agree with you. I'd have a hard time. I kind of feel the same way about Trent Balky. I don't know enough about Balky. I don't know who was pushing the buttons there either. And so internally you can say that more. I just... I just feel like this is going to be a clean house, and that will get us well, into the next part yeah. of the conversation. Go ahead. Yeah, see, and I think that too, but that's a damn shame, man. If you're truly going to cut the cord on everybody, a Band-Aid right off and start from scratch again, that's fine. But I think if you're going to retain anybody, and I get it, I'm biased. I played for him. Say what yeah, you yeah. want. But I think Joe Cullen has earned an opportunity to be a defensive coordinator going forward here for this team. Well, in, in Austin, he has... Uh, let's talk a little bit more about that. We've got to take a break. Let's take a break. Let's talk a little bit more about Joe because I think he has, but I'm just not sure the way the league works it will be here. Yeah. And I just think that's the reality of it. But let's expand upon that. And I want to also mention Shad Khan real quick. How does Shad Khan look in all of this? I got it right this time. Oh, uh-oh, I made a big mistake. Pull the plug 11 months later. Do we give him credit for that even after the wrong initial move? Or is it just the initial move and we've got 10 years and all the other stuff? Uh, I'm interested to get your thoughts on, on how we view it because uh, I, I know I view it one way, um, especially 
with the events of the last uh, couple of weeks. So we'll go there and also a little on Joe Cullen when we come back. And then we're going to have five, football at five. We're going to say, okay, who do you want, right? We're gonna, who, who, who are the Jacks going to get? Who's out there? We talk about it all live from Spring Sports Brewery, Reaction Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Well, I think they were focused. You know, I was I was really excited about that because anytime anytime you have you know, really any type of distractions that uh, you know it, it, it can be something that can affect practice and affect the things that you're doing. So I was um, I was fired up the way that they came out there. They handled they handled their business and uh, they they practiced, we practiced really well today. We got a little bit of rain to work out in as well. You know, because I think uh, there's a chance for rain in the game. Um, so that's always good opportunities. That's Daryl Bevo, new uh, interim coach for the Jacksonville Jaguars and uh, we'll see where it lands. Four games to go and I think people are excited about that inside the building. That's the word I get. Uh, I want to share this with Mark Long because I didn't report this last night or today but um, I, I, I'll just give you a little bit of a, a nugget and an anecdote on top of what Mark said. He said Daryl Bevel confirms that Urban Meyer left the Jaguars facility after practice yesterday and never returned, leaving staff to prep without him. Heard they were in the dark as to where he was and what was happening. Well, uh, I had heard yesterday that at 4.30, 4.30 on a Wednesday, Urban Meyer was gone. Checked back on it about 6.30. Car, gone. 8.30, 9 o'clock. Car, still not there. That is super unusual on a Wednesday. Now, what I can't figure out, because I don't know if he got fired at that time. And the timing, at least from what we know and what we were digging on and all this stuff, doesn't add up to 4.30. It could have. It could have been that he had already known and nobody else did. And they were just kind of planning how they were going to release it, and they kept it under wraps. Jags and Shad Khan, by the way, does a fantastic job of keeping things under wraps if he wants to. And uh, so he might have already known and left the building and boom, out of there. Uh, but it was odd, and, and Austin, you know this. That's pretty odd, right? I mean, for a head coach to not be in the building from 4.30 on, a lot of times on Wednesdays, guys will stay until 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock, sometimes even later. Yeah, I mean, obviously something was up, you know. Um, I'm, I'm sure he, he kind of saw the landscape of what was transpiring, and I'm sure the writing was on the wall for him. You know, I think it might have been hella under wraps for that long, but I'm sure he probably knew the news before anybody else did. Well, yeah, absolutely. And, and again, we don't know the specific timing of it. It doesn't matter. I just did find it interesting. Uh, we didn't report it last night, uh, but there was some discussion um, in some of my conversations uh, about that, that that was odd and something could be up. And by the way, also, I, I think there were some important people still in the building, not named coaches, <laughs> around that time uh, trying to figure all this out. Because there is a thing, you've got to figure out the contract. We'll get into that probably later in the week or something, maybe tomorrow. And really, I don't think it matters that much, but they got to figure out the contract part. I mean, is it going to be a settlement? How much does he have left on it? Did they pay him the whole thing? Did they fire him with cause? All those questions still up for grabs. I want to get to a question that you, we were just talking about. Joe Cullen, you played for him. Joe Cullen, we, we like him. He's a good man. I think they're going to clean house around here. You would, you would go to bat, though, for Joe Cullen to stay as a defensive coordinator. The problem is, Austin, you can't control that, right? Because the guy's going to come in here and be a head coach. He's going to bring whoever he wants in. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, yeah, I, I think Joe Cullen's probably going to be gone as well, which is a shame because I thought he did a pretty good job his first year, and I think he, he can only get better. 
you know, unfortunately, you know, I, I'm not trying to speak bad about the friendship of Joe Collin and Urban Meyer, but, you know, he tied his wagon to a, a losing horse, if you will. Yeah. Um, and now he's kind of stuck suffering the consequences. So, yeah, if it truly is done for Joe Collin, I hope he gets another shot someplace, man, because it's been a very, very bleak season. But the one silver lining, I think one the, the one shimmering thing you had was the scheme and what it was going to look like. I hope going forward you see another at least resemblance of what Joe Cullen brought to the table. Well, by the way, I mean, Joe's going to get another job somewhere. The question will be, will be a defensive coordinator, but he may yeah. have put enough on the resume to do that. He was a first-time NFL defensive coordinator. I think he's done a fantastic job. He's exceeded my expectations of the defense. Sure, haven't been unbelievable. They've been better than I thought. I think Joe has done a good job, and I think if they were to keep Joe in the personnel and the scheme, I think they can make their defense very good this offseason. Boom. Just like that. With yeah. the pieces they have and the pieces they could add. We'll see if they do it. Sometimes it happens. Some people will vouch for Joe, I think. I think they like him around here. Um, and who wouldn't? So we'll see what happens with Joe Cullen. But I think there's a good chance they clean house. Who will they bring in? Football at five. We're talking about the next head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Give me some of the options. Who do you like? 904-362-9901. You can call in. Jump in. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Rolls on right after this. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. 